Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Jamie, uh, in honour of the return of a Dan Brown week, a, a Dan Brown Tom Hanks double bill. Of course, uh, I'm going to start the episode off with a riddle. Uh, do you want to hear this riddle? Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah. Oh, Jesus. This went very poorly last time, but okay. I've got a, okay. I've got a pencil and oh, pencil and oh, pad. Oh, <laughs> I, did, I had it for another reason, but I've got a pencil and a book ready. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. Okay. Uh, so this is one of my favourite oldest riddles. I heard it when I was ten. It's okay. uh, it's a right brain scratcher. Okay so, okay, so this one is if if the riddle you heard when you were ten has the same answer as the last one, which was Jamie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be very impressed. Don't worry, it's not Jamie sucks. Uh, so back in 2005, uh, there were three men who were going on a private plane, and they were going uh, from the Cayman Islands, they're just kind of going around uh, on a week tour, uh, along with the pilot, and the plane crashed. The pilot died instantly, and the men were stuck on the island. They were stuck on the island for uh, initially about seven days. Uh, there was no clean water, and there was no food. So I guess the seventh day... And one of the men, who we're going to call Greg, uh, the three men we'll call Greg, uh, who is the oldest. There's John, who is the youngest. And there's Simon, who is the middle guy. Uh, and jo- uh, Greg, the oldest, uh, decides to um, go out and look for food, right? They've, they've already tried. They've gone out. He's like, Simon, look, you and me, we're going to go out and look for food. And uh, they, they hadn't tried that in the first seven days. Well, they, they've been looking around. <laughs> they've been trying to get food, but mainly... You know, they've been trying to find water. They've been starving. Okay. They go out one last time. He's like, look, this is our one last chance. We're going to do this. They go, okay. They've been hoping someone's going to come save them. So far, no one's managed to come save them. They go off and they're off for a day. And obviously, John, back at the kind of base camp, they've got a couple of twigs up, is getting kind of worried. It's day, got eight now. And eventually, <laughs> Greg comes back. Yeah. And Greg's like, look, man, this is awful. Simon's dead. <laughs> <laughs> John's oh, like, oh great, this is right. So two dead people. Okay, fantastic. And he goes, look, this sucks. But look, I've got, I've got some stuff. You're too sick at this point. I'm gonna cook up for you. We managed to get some food before Simon died. I'm gonna cook it up for you. Here's some pelican soup. And he's made some pelican soup. He gives it to uh, John. John drinks it up. He made, he, goes, he made soup. soup. Yeah, he managed to make soup. They've got they've got salt water. Uh, Jamie, what do you put in soup except for water, salt, and some other flavorings like meat? It's fine. Okay, puts okay. the pelican in, makes some pelican soup. It kind of revives uh, John's strength, and the next day, uh, a helicopter comes over. It's search and rescue. They found them. They're great. They kind of go off. There's a brief media circus about it. Everyone's doing fine. Uh, eventually, years later, um, Greg has died of natural causes, uh, and okay. uh, for John's uh, kind of birthday, uh, his wife and kids take him out to Hong Kong, and in Hong Kong, he has uh, they go to a nice restaurant, and he sees on the menu pelican soup. Okay, and he 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 kind of puts a spoon in. He has a he has a, a taste of the pelican soup. 
And then he goes outside. It's a nice bit of Hong Kong. And he jumps off a bridge. Why does he jump off a bridge? Uh, well, because it it didn't taste like it didn't taste the same as what he tasted before. So he figured out that it was clearly tasted of Simon. It was Simon that he was that he'd eaten human. Like, is that it? Is that it? Jamie, you fucking symbologist! You got it right. God damn it, so, Jamie! You, so beat, you beat easy. the quiz. You beat the that quiz, Jamie. Like, the last like, Jamie. You- the I last one was tough th- for you. I didn't need the third act of that fucking puzzle. I figured out he'd eaten Simon fucking <laughs> instantly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. After that, hello and welcome to Hank's Bank, the show where we chronologically review uh, all of Alexander's riddles. I'm Jamie Loxon and with me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Hello, Al. I am the Riddler. <laughs> no, you're not. No. Well, actually, you know what? I bet... That that does sound about as bad as all of the Riddler's fucking riddles. They're all fucking terrible and excuses to murder people. Um, uh, I'm how... glad we're both on the same page, Jamie. <laughs> yep. How am I, Al? Thanks for asking. Um, I'm. I'm. Re- <laughs> <laughs> Did I have a sec to ask you? I'm really my... good. I'm really good, Al. Oh. Because you know what I did today. I how went I and I got. No, not yet, actually. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said yet. <laughs> um, uh, I went round the corner from my house. Uh, and and I think I, I think me and my government figured we actually probably went the furthest from my house that we have been mm. in probably two months. Uh, and I got fried chicken. Oh, and, yeah. And I haven't done that in a really long... Obviously, because everything's been shut, but also because, you know, I it, it haven't wanted to, to... Even if places were open, flout the rules, whatever. Um, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a mask. I'm going to get some gloves. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to wash my hands when I get back, whatever. But I'm going to get myself some fried chicken. And, oh, boy. Oh, it was... It was a, a tremendous experience. You know, I'm oh. I'm 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 a person that that loves fried chicken anyway. But if I haven't had fried chicken in two months, oh boy, that's some that. You know what's Ooh. the best fried chicken? The first fried chicken you've had in two months. That's the best fried chicken there is. So so on that note, uh, obviously in BC, as I mentioned, uh, stuff has been opening up. You can kind of go to shops and around the corner for us. And when I say like around the corner, I mean literally around the corner from our house. There is a uh, dim sum and craft beer place. Uh, that you could get takeaway from. So I was like, okay, I'll get takeaway. And on the phone, they were like, yeah, you know, we also have a little patio area. You can sit in the patio area. And uh, right now we got $3 pints. And Ooh. I was like, $3 pints, you say? And he said, yes, you got $3 pints. And Jamie, in the UK, that's a pound 79. It's a pound Jesus 79 Christ. a pint. You got a tip, uh. but it's a dollar tip, right? So then I'm paying maybe like £2.50 for a pint. And you know what, Jamie? It was beautiful. That was my first pint in many months. Uh, I sat there. I slowly sipped it. Uh, I chose wrong. I went for a lager. Uh, I, 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 I should have gone for something else. But it was uh, the taste of freedom. I, and, I do uh, hope you didn't good. do that today because I do know it is seven th- maybe eight thirty in the morning for you. So <laughs> I, I really hope you didn't. I hope this was earlier this week. Here's one yeah. I made earlier. Well, to be fair, I've been back twice because again, three pound points is too good a deal. Oh myself. yeah, I mean, fucking hell. Two pound points, two I, points. I have seen uh, people yeah. walking past my house. Uh, with with like plastic pint glasses and it is it is really like just the pure like british like mm. shame and shyness in me that is keeping me from like opening our door and going where did you get that from please direct me to the pint 
here's uh, okay. So for dear listeners, uh, I'm going to get in some on some kind of family drama. But uh, historically, Jamie's favourite pub in the whole of London has just been one little place called the Thirsty yes. Bear. All right. Uh, oh yes, can... uh, not where I was thinking of, but yes, one one of my favourite establishments. One of your favourite ones where you can pull your own pipe. Yeah. Notoriously, uh, this gimmick uh, eventually wore thin on some other of our friends. <laughs> but Jamie, what I really want is when this all clears up, you organise the first meetup at the Thirsty Bear, right? Because it will definitely have been at least six months look, before you. Look, I, oh, be. I, you more, you've opened more, a can yes. of worms, my dear friend. <laughs> Firstly, um, I would like to say that genuinely there is just something very satisfying about about pouring your own pint and i'm not saying this like i i fully respect like that's some people's jobs and it really fucking sucks for them and it's a bad job to have and i and they they are providing a service to me that i i hold very dear so i'm i'm very thankful to their work but there is a a genuine satisfaction to a place that has like um taps in the tables pour your own pint it's great you can also control the karaoke machine Look, if you want to pay 75p to put on Justin Bieber songs back to back to back, that's fucking a great time to me. Secondly, secondly, and and I'm going to name this person because I'm fairly sure he doesn't listen to this podcast. Fucking Nishant. Like, would multiple times claim, oh, we always go to the Thirsty Bear. I promise you, we have not been to the Thirsty Bear for at least two and a half fucking years. And yet, like a year and a half into that, like not having been there, I'd suggest it. And he'd be like, no, we always go there. I'm like, Nishan, if you listen to this, thank you very much for listening. You're a dear friend. Thank you very much for being one of our our Uh, devoted supporters. But also, fuck you, my guy. We are going back to the Thirsty Bear when we can. It is bullshit. We do not always go there. I will admit, we went there (laughs) semi-regularly for about an 18-month period. But when I say semi-regularly i mean like four times and two of those were my birthday so get (laughs) fucked (laughs) oh man you know when i say you open a can of worms eh, jesus christ it's just nice to talk about anything that's not the things going on in the world right now oh dear speaking of uh, a can of worms yep we have a friend's fault oh fantastic you mean fruits 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 for yes, anyone who, uh, uh, we haven't had one for a while, so anyone who doesn't know, uh, if you listen to the show, you are a friend. If you send in uh, a reaction to the show, either through Twitter or Facebook or whatever, or message us, uh, then that is a friend's thought, and we will read it out on the show. And when we say friend's thoughts, we will, of course, say friend's thoughts, because it's our favourite bit of the show. What is the friend's thought for this week? Double dab. Uh, yes, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a whole horizontal dab. Don't worry about it. Um, so it begins as such. Dear Jamie and Al, I must admit I have fallen farther behind on Hank's Bank than I have ever before. Rest oh, assured, geez. I am still downloading every episode when it was released. <laughs> but in terms of where I am listening, I have just reached the mini-sode released at the beginning of February. Toy Ooh. Story Tunes. Uh, okay. Of course, this is uh, coming from my uh, partner, Alyssa. <laughs> <I'm> right- <laughs> when she said, I- see, when she said fall, okay, yeah, anyway, cool, coming from Alyssa. The person who lives with you and did not have to message this to you. I asked her to. Uh, I am writing to voice a concern with episodes I've listened to recently. It has come to my attention that in nearly every mini-sode, there is some joke about Al having sex with his girlfriend, including, (laughs) most recently, Al wanting to peg his girlfriend in Winnipeg. I am not amused. (laughs) I am hopeful that this is the last of these jokes I will hear, but I imagine this might not be the case. If I hear one more, I'm going to start playing a fun game where I hide Al's microphone before he records. It's sure to put him in a really good mood before the start of a podcast. Anyway, you're doing great, sweetie. 
XO, XO, gossipless. Okay, right. So um, I, I believe on those episodes, we did joke that like we would hear back from this in about 14 weeks time. And it's honestly way longer than 14 weeks. Secondly, yeah. this is Alyssa's fault. This is why not keeping up to date doesn't allow you to... We've, we've recorded all... 20 odd episodes since that episode we've not been able to take on her constructive feedback she's gonna have to suffer through 20 more episodes where we continually (laughs) refer to you two fucking um i i think fortunately uh we we only do it about two more times uh but now now Alyssa, it's backfired on herself because now she's go when she reaches this episode, she yeah. will have been been separated from the the running joke of you and Alyssa fucking for four months or so, and suddenly it will it will hit her like a wave of anxiety. That is that is fair, uh, Jamie. In uh, other news uh, this week, other Gillespie news this week, of course. Uh, for some reason, Alyssa and I decided to start watching uh, Olympic opening ceremonies, uh, probably in light of the Olympics that hasn't happened yet. Uh, so we kind of go through the Vancouver ceremony and it's really really bad i don't recommend you watch it it was a bad opening ceremony start uh, and then we get to watching the 2012 uh Olympic oh opening boy and let me tell you what let me tell you what my friend if you've had or oh, i don't know two free pints two <laughs> three pound pints three dollar pints and you come back and you're like what should i watch which is not going to make me feel intensely homesick oh it's definitely going to be the olympic opening ceremony from 2012 i my my favorite thing i mean this is not uh, uh <laughs> this is the coldest fucking take ever like eight years yeah. later we're discussing it but my favorite thing about the 2012 uh opening ceremony was it just come after the beijing one which was mm. like in terms of a technical spectacle was fucking incredible like huge amounts of people doing incredibly coordinated work like just just a fantastic amazing spectacle and the british one could not have been further away from that like organized spectacle where we're like fuck you you're gonna watch mr bean for fucking eight minutes like do do any of you know who mr bean is we don't give a shit we're just gonna put tim berners lee on stage for no fucking reason fucking kenneth branner's gonna play isambard Kingdom Brunel. Has anyone who has not studied, like, gone through the British education system ever heard of Isambard Kingdom Brunel? No, they fucking haven't. Do we care? No, we fucking don't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I adore it's, that. I will probably rewatch that soon now. Honestly, if you want, like, a good time and you're missing the Olympics, if you're like me, you like the Olympics and you're missing it, I would recommend you go back and watch your fair opening ceremony. I think the Olympics committee has them all on YouTube. They're, like, four hours long. I just eventually start skipping. I kind of watch the outfits when they come out and it's like, Greece, Albania, blah, blah, blah. You watch the outfits and you try and rank the outfits, but eventually you just skip ahead to the US and the UK. But um, no, it's a really good time. Uh, and of course, it, it leads me up to my uh, my slight transition back into the world of Tom Hanks. Of course, oh. the next uh, two Olympics, we got uh, we were meant to be having Japan this year. We're having Japan yeah. next year in Tokyo. Um, which I'm looking forward to in terms of opening ceremony, because if Pikachu isn't there, I'm going to cry, okay? <laughs> Pikachu's got to be in the opening ceremony, and when Pikachu is in the opening ceremony, I will cry. Uh, yeah, you, you're going to cry irrelevant of Pikachu's oh, presence. If he is I'm, there, you're going to cry. If yeah. he's not there, you're going to cry. I'm crying right now thinking of Pikachu. <laughs> there are tears in my eyes. Jamie can't see them because I'm in low lighting, but there are just like tears in my eyes because I'm thinking of Pikachu. The second thing is, after that, of course, 2025... Um, four, uh, whatever 2024. it is. Or, oh, wow. Probably well, 2024. Who knows? Uh, when it goes to, I believe it's LA in 2024. Yeah. 
Uh, I have thought long and hard about how I want it to begin. And I do want the entire thing to either be narrated by or have in the Kenneth Branagh role of Eisenberg Kingdom Brunel, uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks needs <laughs> to open the LA. You can't have anyone else. No one else really do does the world like and also America likes. But you get Tom Hanks to come out there and he's in this Eisenberg Kingdom Brunel costume because, of course, all in a big spaghetti with Eisenberg Kingdom Brunel building yeah. the railroads. And uh, he sings Jerusalem and it'd be great. And, of course, the whole thing is going to be uh, choreographed and uh, the music will be done by... Uh, Le Mans Miranda. That's my pitch. That's my aggressive pitch for the 2024 Olympics uh, ceremony. I feel like Alexander. There is a running theme on this show. If you can tell uh, how much we're dreading talking about the <laughs> film that we uh, we have to discuss this week by just how much we just find other shit to talk about before we get into the structure of this show. But uh, alas, we must. Oh. We, we we still have a podcast to make. Uh, and thus we must continue. Uh, of course, we are the show that chronologically reviews Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. And there's a whole load of other shit about aliens. I can't be bothered to get into it because, uh, you know, maybe we'll do it next week. What are we reviewing next week? I feel like next week... Ah, next week we're doing um, uh, fucking uh, The Pacific. Uh, so we will very much be looking for things to talk about that are fun um, <laughs> and entertaining. So we'll talk about the aliens next week. All you need to know, basically, aliens, they kidnapped us. They were like, yo, prove your worth to join the United States of Space to replace um, Flomatron 8 because they're going through a process of Flexit. We were like, sweet, we're going to do that by showing you Tom Hanks movies. But all of them are pretty shit. So we're going to, not all of them are pretty shit, most of them are pretty shit. So we're going to go through, we're going to review them chronologically and decide which are going to go in the Hanks Bank, the collection of TV shows and movies. That we're going to show to the aliens to prove our words to join the United States of Space. Of course, there's other stuff. There's baby Yodas. They died. They came back to life. Who cares about that? You'll learn about it next week. This week, <sighs> we're discussing Angels and Demons. And the, the sequel to what we reviewed five episodes ago, The Da Vinci Code. Yes, we're back, as you said at the top of this show, in the world of Dan Brown. Now, you might tell from how I'm speaking... How frustrated I am that we are returning to this. You might learn that from 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 having listened to go and listen to our Da Vinci Code episode. It's a great episode. We get very angry. That's what most of our good episodes are. And now we have to do it again. But thank God for me, mm-hmm. we due to the structure of this show that we've set in place, we yeah. can hold off talking about angels and demons for a little That's bit true. longer because. For anyone who's listened before, we give you a little bit of historical context and then a little bit of film context. We tell you a little bit about what was going on when this uh, came out. And then we give you a little bit of fun facts behind the production of the film. Alexander, you are on historical context this week. I haven't checked. Is this his only thing that comes out in 2009? Uh, on IMDb, yes. I believe we also have Beyond All Boundaries, which is a short. I don't think yes, we're reviewing that. Yes, we're not reviewing that. It. Yes, it was, a, it was a 4D experience, as I've said. Yeah. So yeah, no, we're not we're not fucking reviewing that. Um, uh, so yes, yeah, specific. Stuff. Yeah, Lesserman again, stuff we can't, we can't find. Yeah, Lesserman stuff we tried to find for the minisodes and we just yeah. couldn't. We are very sorry. If anyone is able to find episodes 16.141, 16.143 and 17.26 of the David Lesserman show, uh, please feel free to send them to us. Uh, but Despite our best efforts, we could not. So we are that skipping those credits. Also, so you have 2009 uh, for, all to yourself. For fun facts, if you were one of the uh, 30 people who listened to the uh, minisodes, of course, you'll remember that uh, this is the film which uh, created yes. uh, Tom Hanks. 
best performance ever, which of course is a CES uh, speech yes, in which he yes. just rips into Sony. Yes, uh, uh, and- for anyone who missed that, yeah, he uh, he was uh, contractually obligated to do a tech conference speech <laughs> and was not happy about it. <laughs> um, so that's deeply hilarious. Anyway, so Angels and Demons, of course, in the year 2009, uh, you know, look, there are positive things, there are negative things, right? Barack Obama gets inaugurated. Remember when the President of the United States wasn't a giant scumbag? Let's all take a second to remember that, shall we? Great. Uh, unfortunately, as I'm sure everyone else will remember, and in no parallels to right now, the economy was in free fall, uh, which led to uh, the people apparently buying less dairy and buying less butter, which meant that um, dairy farmers had to sell, in America, had to sell their uh, cows for meat. Uh, which is always, you know, an interesting time and uh, not worrying whatsoever at all. Uh, Sony, of course, uh, the company who produced Angels and Demons, sold over 12 million floppy disks in 2009. I didn't realise people were still using floppy disks. That's kind of weird. That's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, Chrome comes out in 2009. Modern Ooh. Family, the sitcom, which I am currently re-watching the entirety of to decide where it stops being good, uh, is uh, comes out in 2009. Uh, actually, in terms of books, The Lost Symbol, also by Dan Brown, comes out in 2009 for the first time. Uh, Some Dog Millionaire wins Best Oscar, uh, the, wins the Oscar for Best Picture. Sean Milk uh, Sean Penn wins for milk, <laughs> and Kate Winslet wins for the reader. No, no, uh, I, I, I did hear that Sean Penn did change his name uh, to Sean Milk uh, just during the production of that film, yeah. uh, just to get fully immersed in the role. Oh, I mean, yeah, thank God, it's 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 always a good time. <laughs> it's uh, interesting though that like Sony sells twelve million floppy disks in two thousand nine, but interestingly stops selling them in two thousand ten. Uh, huh. Which is weird. Uh, Kanye jumps on stage uh, and immo- yeah. utters the immortal line, I'm going to let you finish. Uh, <laughs> starting a feud that will last for over a decade. Uh, and yeah, she arguably... Was, so that, that means uh, fucking Taylor Swift may have been like 19 at the time of that. Like 1920. She's, she's so like young. She's like 21. No, she's not. It's 2009. Oh, no. T- 1989 is very famously no. when she was born. So she was 20. That, well, it depends on when her birthday is. Well, we can look it up, can't we? This is <laughs> okay, the historical so context. Find... Okay. This is the historical right. Taylor historical Swift. Context. You look up when she was born, I'll look up the when the VMAs happened. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, was in sept- it was in September. September you were right, my friend. Coming 19. in with a last minute clutch, December 13th, 1989. She yeah. is a December baby. Uh, which, as we all know, December babies. Uh, love me, uh, baby. Also, um, I learned recently uh, from uh, one of the 19 million pub quizzes that I've been doing in quarantine uh, that she grew up on a Christmas tree farm. Wait, actually? Yeah, she grew up on a the fucking... Was... She's, yeah, she's got, she's got a song about it. She grew up on a Christmas tree farm. It's fucking weird as shit. Uh, that's weird because also her dad was like not I think wasn't like a, a banker or an investment banker he worked for like J.P. Morgan or something Morgan Stanley one of those two and uh, then he retired early and bought a fucking Christmas tree farm <laughs> you know what that makes a lot of sense um, <laughs> outside of that Michael Jackson dies I'm not going to feel too bad about that uh, <laughs> Glee begins oh we're going to get cancer that's uh, we are we are, we are going to feel bad about that we are going to feel bad about Glee beginning yeah, there's, oh man, <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, have you heard they're going to do a reboot? Oh jeez, I, I don't want them to do a reboot. It's hmm, hmm. 
Right, have you got anything else from 2009? Have you got something fun for me? Something fun to finish off? Well, I gave some... I gave some... I know, that but something way fun to funner, finish That's way off. funner than... I, I, I kind of burnt through my fun stuff, Jamie. I'm not a fun <laughs> yeah. person. You Give me a second. You constructed these better. Give me a second. Um, um, uh, uh, suicide bombers? No, no. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, okay. Uh, I, I've got two. I've got two. Okay. I've got three, actually. Okay. Uh, announces that there'll be a national shortage of Eggo frozen waffles until summer 2010. <laughs> I don't know why. That sounds worrying. Please someone look into <laughs> why that happened. Two, Jacob and Isabella with favourite baby names. and ba- uh, Probably because of Twilight. Yeah. Uh, or actually, yeah, that would, which is weird, but hey, sure, why not? And uh, popular Halloween costumes... Uh, themes included Harry Potter, Michael Jackson, and Amy Winehouse, uh, proving that people are terrible. Okay, you're Jesus terrible people. Christ. Stop it. Stop wearing bad Halloween costumes. Go back to you, making fun Halloween you costumes. You were on the fun ones, and then you go back to the non-fun ones. <laughs> you dickhead. Right. Speaking <laughs> of non-fun ones, let's talk about Angels and Demons. So, uh, as discussed in The Da Vinci Code, this is actually the first Robert Langdon-based Dan Brown book. It comes out before The Da Vinci Code uh, in the year 2000, but it is the second Robert Langdon movie. Uh, Ron Howard returns to direct, and he's also bumped up to a producer role, which is unsurprising considering how much fucking money the first one made. Um, We have the same original writer, Akiva Goldsman, but it was then rewritten post the 2007-2008 writer's strike uh, by a different writer called David Coep, or Coep, I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, other than that, it's basically the same crew that comes back, same cinematographer, same editors. Uh, Hans Zimmer returns to do the music, uh, and uh, I would say arguably has like to better. Uh, I think in Da Vinci Code we discussed like he seemed very underutilized uh, in the previous one, where uh, he is much better utilized in this one. Uh, it comes mm. in at eleven minutes shorter than the previous one, clocking in at two hours eighteen. Oh, still way so too brief. fucking long. Oh, flew still, by, yes. flew by. Yeah, Jimmy. yeah. I didn't, I didn't check my watch when there was still an hour and 20 fucking minutes left. Um, uh, There was a slightly increased budget from $125 million to $150 million, but the profits came down from 760 in the first one to 485 million. Still makes a lot, a lot of money, but not as much as uh, Da Vinci Code. Of course, Tom Hanks returns playing uh, the... Um, main character Robert Langdon I forget normally when we dive into these we give you a little bit of a brief plot summary fortunately this one's a little bit easier to summarize than um, uh, than the first one uh, we have the Pope dies they go into a papal enclave at the same time the four main uh, candidates are kidnapped and told they're going to be uh, murdered by someone who's claiming to be a member of the Illuminati uh, Tom Hanks as Robert Langdon the symbologist uh, follows the path of illumination uh, to try and catch the killer as he kills uh, all of these people and also there's uh, the, the way he's going to blow everything up is by his stolen antimatter from the fucking uh, CERN Institute uh in in switzerland so of course we have tom hanks returning he's the only cast member that does return other than that this is basically just a spiritual sequel there's occasional references to the previous one but it's basically just a standalone film uh we have ewan mcgregor as the uh camalengo uh who was like the best basically the the main aide to the previous pope um originally it was an italian bloke in the book 
because of course <laughs> but uh it's uh, played by um uh, Ewan McGregor with an Irish accent for this one uh we have Ayelet Zura as Dr Victoria who takes the female sidekick role for this movie uh we have Stellan Skarsgård who is the head of the Swiss Guard uh, and we have uh Pierre Francesco Favino which is a fantastic name uh as Inspector Olivetti um, who is the head of the uh, Vatican Police or something like that. Uh, and then we have Nikolai uh, Lea Kass uh, as the assassin uh, in the original book. Uh, the um, uh, assassin is, uh, I believe, Islamic. Uh, and they uh, they, they decide to, to not do that for this movie yeah, uh, they, and they, decide to make him uh, like Danish instead. Um, yeah, they wisely sidestep that shit. Uh, they uh, openly admitted the creators of this film that they were too strict with their adaptation of the middle, making it uh, the the original. Sorry, making it as Brian Glazer, the producer, says, too long and stagey. So yeah. you know what you do to a movie that's too long? Cut eleven minutes from it, <laughs> um, uh, and he goes on to say that uh, in this. Robert Langdon, uh, he says that Robert Langdon doesn't stop and give a speech. When he speaks, he's in motion. And boy, howdy, if if the fucking producer is saying that, if that isn't a bang on description of how these two movies are different, holy fuck, we will get into that. Um, <laughs> and of course, uh, this centers around the papal on, uh, conclave. As, conclave? That's what it's called, right? Conclave. Come on. Yeah. Come on, come on, Catholic yeah. boy. <laughs> Catholic boy, Latin boy, conclave. Yes, um, yes. Um, when uh, which people will remember? I believe there was one in two thousand five, and then subsequently in two thousand and thirteen. So people are yeah. more aware of them now, uh, and were more aware the two thousand and five one with the uh, with Pope Benedict, I believe, was the one who was yeah. came in in two thousand and five. Um, yes. Uh, so papal conclaves had become a much bigger deal so in the original book when this was written in 2000 no one really knew about these so the plot of the book doesn't really have the papal conclave being a big event whereas in the film uh like a big big plot point is that people are flocking to to the vatican um to saint paul's square is yeah. that the name of it? Yes. Um, I, I know nothing about religion. Um, are all flocking to uh, St. Paul's Square um, to find out who the next Pope's going to be. That's a big, big plot point that they've changed for oh, the so movie. No, because... No, no, it's, uh, it's not St. Paul's specific. It's St. Peter's. Sorry. St. Peter's. Thank you. Um, uh, I mean, we knew that already. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah so uh, it becomes a big, big plot point um, that uh, the movie focuses on because of the uh, huge, huge popularity of the 2005 papal election. Uh, and that's all I've got for you. Let's get into this film. Uh, fortunately, dear listeners, this one is going to be ever so slightly easier to explain mm. uh, than the previous one. There's that there, fortunately so, compared yeah. to the previous one that my last thing is uh the with the book obviously we discussed with um the da vinci code how a lot of it is sort of marred by the fact that that dan brown thinks everything he's saying is real and true um this one doesn't really have any of that thank god um so so. this film begins as all good films should uh with the pope dying uh and (laughs) antimatter being created uh yeah very sadly yeah the first 10 minutes real easy we open on Ewan McGregor hammering the fucking ring, which is apparently the Pope's ring, because Pope, he dead. Uh, At the same time, in the Cerns Institute, which for people who don't know, it's where the Hadron Collider is, where they were looking for the God Particle, uh, very famously named the God Particle, and also coincidentally has the word God in it, uh, which is useful for a movie that pits science against religion. I feel, and look, we have some scientists who follow this podcast, so they can tell us. 
Uh, I think the God of Possible is like a very... Uh, well, we have at least one healthcare worker who does. Uh, okay. So who suddenly some concerns. But um, yeah, like definitely I think the God Particle, like the term God Particle gets thrown around a lot because obviously there's this here, but also around this time you have uh, reference to the Higgs boson particle, which CERN was actually looking for. Oh, is that, oh, is that a completely different thing? <laughs> yeah, the Higgs boson particle is a different thing from what they're looking for here. The Higgs oh, okay, particle, cool. I believe is a particle that like is what gives things mass. I'm not sure. I haven't okay. looked at physics for well, a long time. But, uh, basically, but that's, they're, in, they're in, yeah. in this, the key point is they are discovering antimatter. antimatter. Uh, or they're the, containing the, the, it. It's been discovered, con- but they're, well, trying to, like, cont- yes. they're trying to synthesize it and contain it. Yes, and they managed to do to that. Uh, they capture yeah. three in now, these like little yeah. little cylinders that are powered by batteries. Yeah. Uh, we described that in 30 seconds. The film does take about 10 minutes to go through the process of just the Large Hadron Collider hitting particles against each other. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, super, it's, it's so really bad. It's, it's really bad CG. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, at some point, the, the, uh, one of the scientists, Victoria, yeah, yeah uh, Victoria, Victoria goes, goes to goes find... She, she, yeah, she wants to go see her canisters. She got these three canisters. She's like, ooh, unlimited power. We're going to be great. She goes in, has a retina scanned, goes back, some blood on her face. Why is there blood on her face? She goes through into the room. There's an eyeball on the floor. That's right. Someone has stolen one of the canisters. Howie. Oh, How did this happen? Who knows? Well, uh, the, yeah. So one, one of the scientists that she goes, she finds, I believe, her dad. Um, no, not in this. In, in the book, it's her dad's eyeball. Her dad also works with her on this because okay. Dan Brown's world women can't exist without being related to someone else in the world. <laughs> um, uh, what? Uh, another scientist had his eyeball removed to get the uh, uh, the uh, scan and then, uh, yeah. So they go and find Robert Langdon because uh, oh, the, the po- guy... Yeah, the Pope does. Not the Pope. The Pope's, the Pope's representative. What, one of the Pope's representative goes and find him. What, where do you find Robert Langdon on a day like this? In the swimming pool. Because of uh, course... That's... Well, technically, that is a weird plot reference. In the books, Robert Landon was a strong swimmer. Robert Langdon liked swimming. Alongside his famous Mickey Mouse watch, that's a weird character beat they didn't have in the first one, so you got to fit it into the second one, of course. Uh, the guy shows up. He's from the papal guard. He's like, we need you to come. He's like, hey, you haven't been letting me access your books. I want to access your books in the archives. And he's Yes, like, because he, he has been writing a book on the Illuminati, but hasn't been able to finish it because he's not been able to get into the Vatican. And they're like, well, that's why we're here, because uh, was someone branded with an Illuminati symbol, or was there just an Illuminati, like, Illuminati symbol like, just left somewhere? I can't remember. No, I... I, I... They were sent a threatening letter, I think, with the Illuminati symbol. With the Illuminati symbol. There you go. So he flies to the Vatican uh, and he meets with our main people, as I said. So set it out. We've got Dr. Vittoria, lady sidekick. Mm. She's the scientist. Would you believe she's a scientist? No, because all she does in this movie is ask questions. Um, We have Stellan Skarsgård. He is the head of the Swiss Guard. But apparently the Swiss Guard work in the Vatican for some yeah. reason. So, um, ah, let me tell you a bit, very quickly, quick for our audience and for Jamie. Uh, basically, uh, obviously, as you might know, uh, in Switzerland, they still have the draft. Uh, so everyone is forced to do some kind of national service. Uh, the Swiss Guard is like a subset of the Swiss Army, which is um, given to the Vatican for protection of the Vatican. It's a, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, and Stellan Skarsgård does not like Robert Langdon very much. Do, is it really no. clear why? Not really. Well, he, make, um, he makes a jab about Robert Langdon being a symbologist, again, as we know from last time, uh, which is basically just a jumped-up art historian. Yeah. Uh, and the hot scientist lady is like, are you actually a symbologist? Was he ma- or was he making fun of you? To which Robert Langdon says, both. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> elsewise, there you also yeah you, uh, you meet you meet uh, you meet Ewan McGregor who is yeah was the set was the previous Pope's best mate. He's really yeah. soft spoken. Uh, he seems nice. He talks uh, you... as opposed to like this because he's Irish, yes. of course, but he's not Irish. He sounds more Scottish than the Italian. And thing. then you meet you the... also have the. Uh... A doc, uh, the 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 other general, general uh, Inspector Olivetti, uh, who is yeah. the head of the Vatican Police or some shit like that. I don't know. He's yeah. another police so, figure, but he's nice. He likes Robert Langdon. They, I think they describe it differently. There, it's it's very briefly set up, although it is confusing. I think the Vatican Police are like deal with issues, including like exterior issues. So I think they have jurisdiction in Rome, and I think the. The the um, Swiss Guard have jurisdiction within Rome, within the Vatican City. So yeah. if you don't know, uh, the Vatican is a different country. Uh, it's not Italy, although it is in Italy uh, and specifically in Rome. Uh, there are different laws there, and therefore priests have immunity from the crimes they commit in places like Italy. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, that's okay. He uh, he is brought over to the Vatican, and we should uh, say when sure. he lands in the Vatican before he meets all of these people, uh, he's told. Oh, by the way, while you were flying, uh, the the four next uh, people in line for to be the Pope, Preferiti, all fucking yeah. kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. called the Predicti. I think is it Predicti? No, uh, uh, no, Preferiti. I think Preferiti. Oh yeah, Preferiti. Thank you. Uh, and I just laughed. I like. I get. It's probably <laughs> just the Italian. It's just the Italian word for preferred, probably. <laughs> but it's a really fucking silly word. Ooh, the Preferiti. It's just Jamie. a dumb word. <laughs> You are my preferiti, of course. Uh... <laughs> um, yeah, they've all been kidnapped, and uh, they <laughs> the the guy from the Illuminati has said yeah. uh, has given a clue. Basically, there's one one clue that is laid out, basically yeah. with a bunch of clues saying like, "Oh, we're gonna follow. They're gonna go down the yeah. light of illumination." Blah 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 yeah. blah. And basically, bet... I'm gonna kill them from eight p.m. till midnight, one on every I'm... hour. And then yeah. at midnight, I'm going to explode the whole Vatican uh, with 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 my bomb. antimatter with my antimatter bomb. I would like to say one of the one of the scientific inaccuracies of this is apparently uh, I think it's apparently like one thirteen billionth uh, of a particle of antimatter has actually been created in CERN, yeah. uh, and uh, and according to this movie, three cylinders full of like wishy washy oh, bright yeah, fucking and, and shit. a decent amount each. And again, it's one of those things where like. I believe the difficulty is like storing antimatter, partly because like a creation, but like antimatter when it meets with matter, explodes. Like it, it, it explodes, it expl- right? Like yes. it creates energy. Um, like, and it- so yeah, they they they're kept in this pod, which apparently has twenty four hours worth of reserve battery. So it's yeah, <laughs> it's got it's wait, a ticking it's, time bomb. It's, it's a ticking it's, time bomb. It's a literal ticking it's, time bomb. It's also yeah. got twenty four hours worth of reserve battery. And it's going to blow up at midnight, which means this guy stole it bang on midnight. <laughs> he yeah, was exactly. like, I, just for symbolic <laughs> importance, I'm going to steal this it's, bang on midnight. It's, so it's also, meet, it's, yeah. there's the classic uh, Hitchcock thing where like he talks about how, you know, if you want to create tension in a scene, you just put a bomb under the table. And that is what this is basically. Yeah, is, yeah, we're like, just going to put a bomb under the yeah. movie. It's, um, it's, not, it's not enough that like the preferiti are being kidnapped and that they were going to die. It's you also have to threaten to blow up the entire Vatican alongside with these guys. Yeah. Uh, we also um, meet very quickly, and this is important for the pot. Uh, we meet the uh, the cardinal who is in charge of the conclave. Uh, yeah. At the moment, he cannot be elected uh, pope. He's basically just there to oversee it. Imagine if he was the. I don't think he's the pro elector, but maybe he's the pro elector. Like, yeah. He's in charge of overseeing the actual conclave. Yeah. And he's kind of suspicious. 
Yes. Uh, and um, they he goes, right, I want to get into the Vatican archives. Just co- coincidentally, I know I've been wanting to get there anyway uh, for my own uh, reasons, Robert Langdon is saying, but, but I also need to get in there for this investigation. And they're like, cool, well, for some weird reason... Ewan McGregor is the person that can uh, decide this. So we have so, a little scene between Ewan McGregor and uh, Tom Hanks. I, I beg you, if you're going to explain to me no, why just, Ewan McGregor is the person who yeah, can do this, just, I do not care. <laughs> very quickly, uh, because they're like an interim period between the popes, I someone has uh, been given the power, someone is given the power of pope until a new pope is elected. He's the person who's been given the power of the pope. Yeah. And so he goes to him and then uh, Tom Hanks, uh, and they, they just have a little thing where he's like, do you believe in God? And he's like, not really. And then he's like, that's good enough for me. <laughs> it's a really dumb scene. Was. He it basically just scene. goes like, oh, faith hasn't been, isn't a gift that's been bestowed upon me yet. And then he's like, cool, you can go into the most secretive uh, Catholic archives of all time. Um, so he goes in there. And you know what? Bring your lady friend as well. Whatever. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe so, we need a scientist to look at some art history, okay? All right? This is... I'm sorry. She's the dumbest scientist. Not... This is by <laughs> writing. By... But she is written as a scientist, sure. but she knows Jamie, nothing. It's... But specifically, so, she's so smart she can create all this antimatter, okay? That's the very important yeah, thing. But she's also, she doesn't understand ever, anything. And also stupid. Oh, it's, but it's, you uh, also know who's also the smartest person ever is apparently also uh, Ewan McGregor as the Pope Man is also like a uh, an investigative um, detective because he starts to tell everyone. Oh, by the way, so there's a light on the. Uh, uh, they've got footage, basically a running camera of the bomb, and he's like, mm. "Oh, look, there's light on there. Maybe if we switch off the electricity in different parts of the city, eventually yeah. we'll uh, you'll stop seeing uh, light on it, and you'll figure out where it is." So he's also really smart, but she's not. Um, they go into the archives. There's some conversation that goes on at the time. Who gives a shit? Um, there's a little back and forth with you and McGregor with the the people the the the, yeah, the, the people upstairs it, he's like we need the, to evacuate people and they're so like the, no. the, the two simultaneous things yes, are like downstairs they're looking through like galileo's notes galileo famously uh said the world was round and a globe and you know there wasn't just heaven out to believe it the and the vatican made him recant it and there's like a third pamphlet where he gets out the truth right so they're looking for yeah. that to, they thought hey he's part of the illuminati they're trying to find the truth um, so they're looking through his pamphlets and they find a note on the corner, which is written in English. It's, I I, can't, I forget what the exact clue is. It's something dumb. Uh, Up says, yeah, you're right. Uh, Ewan McGregor's like, hey. Uh, there's also, really there's also specifically the, like the Illuminati symbol uh, on. There's literally like the, the triangle and yeah. the, the circle uh, in the fucking notes, which no sure. one apparently noticed before. It's also, they were like, oh, the, the clue is written in English because... Uh, English was the language of radicals like Shakespeare. You're like, oh, for God's sake. Like, okay, great. Uh, Yeah, whatever. So um, they go through this. They kind of, uh, I can't remember why. They basically find a clue which suggests that it's, they're trying to find like the Church of Light and there's going to be a path which takes them to the Church of Light and there are going to be four different, like you said, four different churches based on the elements of one and Based earth, on the wind, elements. Earth, yeah, it, it's it's fucking Avatar The Last Airbender. There's earth, yeah. earth, Air, Wind and Fire and they're trying to find the first one. This is where and I, and I noted that, oh, and there's, yeah, the Cardinal shit going on. He's trying to get them to, to, Ewan McGregor's trying to be like, everyone should be evacuated. I need to tell the Conclave. And he's like, nope, you're not fucking Pope. Fuck off. Um, yeah. Then in the car between um, the sidekick um, and the police officer from the Vatican, not Stellan Skarsgård, the other one, and Robert Langdon. I wrote down this dialogue because it's the epitome of why all of the dialogue in this film fucking sucks. Um, so... 
someone they i can't remember the first bit i didn't get the first bit but it's basically like santis earthly tomb she asks and then langdon responds they mean Raphael." and then she asks Raphael the sculptor and then langdon goes santi was his first last name oh and then she asks where is Raphael buried and then he responds, at the Pantheon. Isn't the Pantheon around the corner from here? And then the police officer chimes in for the first fucking time and goes, the oldest church in Rome. Now I'm going to read that again, sequence by sequence. It's just <laughs> question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. It's fucking Santis earthly tomb. Damien Raphael. Raphael the sculptor. Santis was his last name. Where is Raphael buried? At the Pantheon. Isn't the Pantheon around the corner from here? The oldest church in Rome. It's, that's like, broken down why the dialogue in this entire film fucking sucks it's all exposition it's just exposition 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 and i will get into how this film tries to get away from you realizing that the exposition is really fucking dumb um but the when you get down to its core the dialogue is bad it's all question answer question answer a b c d till we get to z there's the answer like i i i mean do you agree i fucking hated the dialogue when i started I, to actually listen to the dialogue it's really yeah. bad i mean maybe it's just a case where i wasn't listening like in depth enough to the dialogue like i i don't mind i always find i i always find the kind of criticism of which like things are just exposition like somewhat it never necessarily works for me because like to some extent, you need exposition, right? Like, I know, I agree, I agree. Sure, but, like, but, uh, the entire movie is exposition. Sure, and, and more importantly, like, a no characterization. So, like... No, no characterization like, at all. In reality, what you need is, like, you need exposition, and because you, you need, like, there needs to be a plot, and the plot needs to be yeah. forward, and sometimes things need to be like, but the best way to do it is to, like, again, if we say, like, an Indiana Jones film, right? At the beginning of Indiana Jones, they set, like, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, they set up, hey... Here is like there's a, a an expedition dump where they set it up. Here's a scene where I have to explain to the the agents from the U.S. military or the U.S. intelligence, whatever, where Tannis is and where the Ark of the Covenant is and what the Ark of the Covenant is and why the Nazis want it. And that's the exposition done. Yeah. And then from there, it's you get more exposition, all that kind of stuff. But it's mostly character. It is mostly character driven. So it is. Yeah. Indy's a smart ass, so he you know he kind of says dumb stuff. Uh, Marion is. Um, you know, hates Indy because he sat with her when she was like fourteen. Uh, there's some weird stuff in that film, which <laughs> doesn't bear thinking about. Great film, really weird when you think about it. But um, and this has none of that. This this has none of the kind of Robert Langdon isn't even a cipher. Like I, I agree. No, it's, it's like, pure. It's pure plot. It is pure. Yeah. And not even like a lot of plot. It's pure. Just like let me explain to you what things happened in the past, so we can set up like the next bit of the thing. 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 Yeah. So anyway, they get to. They get to the Pantheon, a uh, lovely church. They look around, they're like, it's not in the Pantheon, it's actually in a church with the word terror in it, because terror yes, means... Yes, and, uh, and, and like, so it's they're, look, they're all looking for now stuff built by, like, Bin Welly or some shit like that. There's some, there's some dude's name, and they're like, oh, his tomb, they didn't mean where he was buried, they meant a tomb mm-hmm. that he built. And... <laughs> He asked, like, he asked, he's at the Pantheon and he asked the tour, he asked the tour guide, he asked a very specific question of like, oh, is, did Bimwelly ever uh, produce a church which has a tomb in it and has two spires above? And she goes, I'm sorry, I can only think of one. I'm like, do you think he meant there were nine? Like, no, of course he's looking for the one fucking specific church he's explaining. Anyway, um, and this is where begins the, 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 and by the way, if you didn't realise... We are 45 fucking minutes into this film. 45 fucking minutes. But this is where they start to do uh, what happens for the rest of the movie, which is 
We're gonna play some music, we're gonna play some music And Tom Hanks is gonna run And you're not gonna notice that all of this is dumb All of this is dumb It's bum 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 And I will say that in another movie Hans Zimmer's music really fuck like this exact music in another movie really good it is like really energetic and gets you going and it's like and it's like that fun yes but like you're making it sound like it's like from an episode of the simpsons or the simpsons movie no it's like from like an action film it's like tense and energetic and action and it is genuinely fun but I'm sorry, it's like Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, you're not fucking Tom Cruise. Like, if you want to see Tom Hanks do his best fucking Tom Cruise impression, Tom Hanks hasn't run this much ever in a movie. It's It's just constant Tom Hanks running. They were literally like, people thought the last film was too boring with all the long exposition. We're just going to have Tom Hanks run while he does it instead. And that's where this starts, basically. They're like, shit, we got 10 minutes to get to the next church. They get to the next church. Just 10 minutes to save the church? They're, um, they're, yeah, too, look, they're too I, late. Basically. I think we can honestly just like skip through most of these churches because I can't remember what how they get to them. Yeah. But they, they basically get to they earth, have the an hour church, from here. Yeah. The Earth Church, they fail. They go uh, and find the, the Wind sh- Church. But he's not at the Wind Church. He's for some reason they're at the. Is that is in the St Peter's Square? It's the, one of the prayer free basically got yes. stabbed in the lungs in St Peter's Square. Yes, and yeah, yeah, there. yes, yes, yeah. They're, so they're trying to. It's definitely yeah. It's the wind one, and they find some fucking clue on the ground that says it's got to be here. This is where it's going to happen. Yeah. Um. And then and then yeah. In the middle of this, as we establish, a big crowd has uh, gathered at St Peter's Square because of the papal conclave. Um, yeah. Uh. And yeah, dude gets stabbed. Uh. And dies there. Uh. In the in the fucking fountain. Yeah. Um, you McGregor's at- like we should really stop this and then everyone's like nah we're not going to stop we're going to keep on doing the conclave uh, conclave is what's most important here alright yeah. Ewan McGregor's like but are you sure and I, th- I think he goes in and no that's later on they then go to the fire church uh, where it's just people being burnt alive I don't know what happened no that's it they split up the the, the whatchamacallah uh, the, the, the yes, Santa's lady she, goes to go and look for the journals read- yeah she oh, goes to read some we journals we forgot my favorite bit of this entire thing yeah which is early on she was like um did your partner someone asks her did your partner share uh evidence like like what you guys would do who who could have known about it she says no one just the team that's working on it she goes does the old guy who had his eyeball taken out was brutally murdered did he tell anyone she goes well he didn't tell me but he has journals maybe it's in his journals and at this point you think cool well they're in CERN it's 2009, they have the internet, they could scan the journals and send them across as PDFs, and that would probably be the most efficient way to do this. Instead, they go, cool, <laughs> I'm going to get them sent over from Geneva. Yes. And they have, like, seven hours left to save these people's lives. And Le- instead, Less than that, like, they've got, no, they've got, like, three hours. They've got no, less no, no, than three they, hours. When they... Oh, the when, when they, they figure they out the journals, sent, yes. They have, like, they have, like, 12 hours left. Yes. And... <laughs> Just the idea of getting these journals to a plane <laughs> and flying them to Rome and then driving them through Rome all the way to the Vatican so they can read the journals rather than having anyone at CERN just take a scan of this and send it across yeah. instantaneously uh, yeah, is the ridiculous. most funny thing um, in the world to me. Anyway, um, before before we get to the fire church, there is actually uh, another really dumb scene um, where, as you say, they split up. She goes to look at the journals. Uh Tom Hanks, we didn't mention this. When they first go to the uh, Vatican and um, uh, archives, uh, they 
don't they have find this uh english note oh, and uh, they go to write that he's like okay quickly note this down and she's like we don't have time and she just rips it out like like an original fucking galileo document hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old she just rips it out and then we are between the second and the third church they have failed to solve in time the last two and robert langdon is just like can I go in the archives again? And they go, oh, go on then, you raggedy devil. But this time, <laughs> this time we'll send one of our guards with you. Um, so he Stop, goes in. Oh, go on. Just yeah. don't promise not to burn down and in, originally and, and, <laughs> Da Vinci painting while you're at it. Oh, God. And in a really off. dumb plot, they like mention as they're going in, like, by the way, we keep low oxygen in here because uh, the, the documents would fry if there were higher levels of oxygen. Now, I understand that with old documents, you do need to oh. be really careful with like light and oxygen, yeah. whatever. But sure. this is just to set up a really fucking dumb scene. It's also... Where... We, so we never mentioned this yet, but it's a set up a dumb scene in a second. But you've got to remember, the Vatican archives in this looks like it's the fucking most expensive archive anyone has ever spent yeah. money on. It is absolutely insane i don't doubt the vatican has spent a lot of money on their archives i don't doubt it's a good archive i sincerely doubt it is this good an archive and also every, like, like really high tech and modern and like got exactly. bulletproof glass and shit it is every like 10 meter like square area has its own hermetically sealed vault so you have books by like maybe again like a 10 meter bookshelf this is within a hermetically sealed thing and there's what looks like at least 20,000 of these. And this seems like the least sufficient way to store any documents. Yeah. Um, I can appreciate they need different containers, but this is weird. So, uh, yeah, he's, so in, inside... he's in He's in it with um, uh, a lovely blonde uh, blonde guard uh, who we That's meet a few times. No, yeah. um, uh, I think he's part of the Swiss Guard, isn't he? One of the two. Yeah, I think he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, Stel- he's, he's below of... Stellan Skarsgård. And uh, because we're going through this so quickly, but like, no, no, not even that. This is just the plot. This is just what happens. I don't know how yeah. it takes much longer than this, but Stellan Skarsgård is acting suspicious this entire time. Yes, no <laughs> Joe, well, just letting you know. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, this guy's in there, and then suddenly all the electricity gets turned off. And like, I get, I get that, oh, maybe they had low oxygen. But apparently they had such little oxygen that you will start suffocating within a minute. Within a minute, Alexander. So they start suffocating. And so fucking Tom Hanks has to has to climb up a fucking bookshelf and push himself off from a pipe. Oh, he shoots shoots the glass first. He shoots the glass first. Doesn't work. Break. So he pushes a fucking bookcase into it uh, to break it open uh, and and escape. Um, It's such a dumb scene. The other guy is part. Like we, you, you said this like fourteen episodes ago, but you were like, "Oh, I'm not looking forward to Tom Hanks becoming an action star." And and I didn't really get what you meant when we watched The Vinci Code. This? The, it's this one. It's so bad. Tom Hanks, I'm it's sorry. So at 50 years old, you are not a fucking action star. What I find really funny is like, and we'll go into this a little more later. I feel this starts the trend, which you have in like the early 2010s, of like old people being action heroes. So like you get the Liam Neesons doing a load of action-y stuff. You get Sylvester Stallone coming back to do more action stuff as he goes 60, as he turns 70. You get Arnold Schwarzenegger doing the same thing. And you know what? It's a trend I don't like. And if you could stop doing it, that would be great. But yeah, so they manage to break through the glass. Yeah, manage to break through the glass in a it just, just, just a horrifically dumb scene. And it's also at this point that I would like to say that this whole film... I don't know... And I'm not... Actually, no, I do know. I... 
I will happily say I have a very nice television. So my television was not the issue. I could not see half the fucking things going on in this film. This entire film is so dark. And that entire scene is just entirely red. For no fucking... Like, they just decide that, like, when the when the electricity gets shut off, like, a blaring red light shines up. And it's so ugly and so annoying to the eyes. But at least I could fucking see something. Because in half the other film, it's all dark and I can't fucking... It's like the episode of Game of Thrones. You can't fucking see anything going on. And I know it's not my television because I have a good goddamn television. <laughs> just turn up the brightness. Um, right. <laughs> uh, so, so they get to the fire bloke. Uh, well, no, to... again, importantly, uh, the, the, the Victoria person, not Victoria, but Victoria uh, is just looking through the journals the at this point. Yeah. They go to the fireplace. Turns out they found the assassin. We've seen the assassin a couple times beforehand, right? He's yes. Sexy. Yeah, yeah. He looks like uh, he looks a little bit like the guy from Love Actually. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, who, but he uh, gets that sex and, and, and doesn't have sex you know, the, yeah, the guy has been burnt alive. Still, still burning alive. So they climb up and try to cut down uh, the the uh, chains that are um, mm. uh, that are holding him up. As we will discover minutes later, that's a really dumb move. You know what's going to happen when you cut one of those chains? He's going to drop into the fucking fire. Um, uh, yeah, he's hung above the... And yeah. uh, while they're doing that, um, the assassin... Assassino appears. Shoot, yes, he appears. Uh, and he starts <laughs> shooting the guards. He shoots uh, our lovely police friend that we've started to like, Olivetti or whatever no, his name is. I oh, actually, think he slices his throat. Neck. Yeah, he slices his throat. Um, um, it's also like... And, I, and also, I, you I would like... This is not... This is not an exciting, like, shootout scene like you might think. It's literally, he walks in and, like a god, just takes out Yeah, everyone. just shoots out one by one or by one by one. So um, bored and slices our good maintenance yeah. neck. Uh, he nicks the badge from, um, from Olivetti uh, and then uh, Tom Hanks escapes to the back. As he escapes to the back, new police come through the, uh, the front door and the guy holds up the police badge being like, don't worry, I'm with the Vatican police. And then he shoots them. Why did he hold up the badge? He could have just shot them fucking anyway. Yeah, oh. it's, it's like in slow motion, he holds up the badge, drops it. It's not even slow motion, it's just normal speed. It has it, hey, I'm gonna, drops, st- shot, shot. It's like, okay, that um, was, I, I would like to time. say that, that later, in, I would like to point it out now, but later in this film, um, uh, he says to Tom Hanks, I didn't kill you because I wasn't told to. They didn't tell me to kill you. <laughs> What? He killed, he, but he'll happily kill all the fucking people in this scene for no fucking reason. Anyway, um, Tom Hanks escapes oh, out the back man. of the uh, church um, uh, yeah. and like falls on some fucking rocks or some shit and, and no, makes no, his way the, out. No, it's, it's specifically, it's bones. It's, he goes oh, through... Uh, no, and again, again, back to the, this is the dumbest thing in the world. He go, Basically, he falls into the crypts beneath. He's, he's, gone the, he's in a kind of um, uh, a necropolis type thing. Uh, he kind of eventually the kind of firefighters come to put out the fire. <laughs> he open, he's kind of knocking on the grate. He's going help, help, knock, no, not even saying help, help, just knocking on the grate. The Italian firefighters come over, lift up the lids to the grate, and they're like, "Are you okay, sir?" In English, why would an Italian firefighter assume that he is English rather than Italian? I'm not one. I don't like pointing out plot holes. I don't think there's a plot hole. I just think that's really weird. I just think that's a really dumb thing. Yeah. Um, um, uh, so we anyway. then get uh, the, so she's been looking through the journals, but she goes away from the journals. She comes back. The journals are gone. Who's taken them? Stellan Skarsgård. Remember how he's being creepy and suspicious? And he's got them on his desk, and he's just like, look. 
like some bullshit like oh when these crossed over into vatican uh territory they became uh pertinent to my investigation so i'm going to give them back to you when i deem that they're not relevant to my investigation and she's like yeah. fuck you um she's uh, like i'm an italian citizen and he's like this isn't italy bitch and yeah. she's like oh. uh and then i don't remember what happens next i'll be honest look it's a series of dumb things they basically figure out that oh no it's the the next one is water he basically like when he's at the burning church he, they, he give, makes the police give him a map and they're like okay here 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 all the way through there are these obelisks there are obelisks in rome he's like where's the last obelisk oh it's in the piazza naverna my favorite place in the whole wide world that's true yeah. it's, it's oh yeah in the whole uh, goes to the piazza then, naverna no 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 and again but a police a policeman goes we've been instructed to take you back to the vatican and he goes i'm too important you must do what the police do you can either take me back to the vatican and a man will die or you can take me to the piazza and we could solve this right now i'm like Okay, okay. And they're just yeah. like, yeah, cool. Okay, Mr. Hanks. <laughs> no, no, You're the main character of this film. They go to the Piazza of Verna and they get there real fast. Uh, like Again, this is Rome. The roads are terrible. They're all cobbled. Yeah. It's all like uh, nuts. And they show up and the guy in, in the Piazza of Verna is like, I'm trying to think of like, uh, a, a like, le- like uh, Leicester Normally, Square. it's about yeah, it, yeah. It's about as, like probably as busy, uh, maybe not as busy as that, but like on that kind of level of like it's a piazza, sure, like uh, Piccadilly Circus, if that exists, I don't know, uh, <laughs> kind of thing. And there is no one there. There's like five people there. They are yeah. looking around, but like sure, um, okay, it's nice. And so he rocks up in a van <laughs> and just dumps him into one of the jumps yeah. one of the the last um, referee to into one of the fountains and then yeah. bounces. At uh, this point, so- John Max is like, someone help the guy. Runs yeah, in, so he runs in, the, like tries to get him out. Uh, can't He's weighted do it. down though. So it's he, not that hard. They, they don't yeah. look like that heavy weight. So you should be able no. to pick them up, Tom Hanks. Uh, and then, but <sighs> so his his solution in a really dumb sit, like like he starts pulling out a, like an oxygen tube that's at the bottom, and then he's like, oh, oh, and then he shoves it in the guy's mouth, and then half a second. Firstly, I don't think that would work. I really don't. I think that's dumb. But and then. Half a second later, literally half a second later, someone else jumps in and helps him out. I'm like, you didn't even give us the tension of him like saving the day with the oxygen tube thing. Half a second later, some Italian guy hops in, pulls him out because uh, they've seen the commotion. Um, so he uh, saves the last. Save one of the yeah, he saves the last preferiti, which is not what happens in the book. In the uh, no. in the book, my guy dies. Um, they then he's then like, where where were you kept? Where were you kept? And I forget what exactly he says, but basically he goes, it's the fortress. It's a, it's a fortress near um, uh, near the Vatican. Uh, immediately also then uh, Tom Hanks then goes, it was where the Illuminati kept their prisoners during the 18th century. Yes, and you, it, it's, you know it's what? A... You know what? Maybe if there was a place in Rome where the Illuminati used to keep their prisoners, you would have gone there first. Yes, yeah. Firstly, yes. Also, it's again this thing of like. Information presented, conclusion presented immediately. Like, like it's just like they do not give you a second to think about how dumb stuff is. It's just like let's move really quickly, and then they won't think about the plot. Um, So they can they continue. Tom Hanks, he gets running again. He Tom Hanks is running. Don't think about the plot. Tom Hanks is going to the underground fortress, Uh, and he goes and finds the brands. Oh, um, the, 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 he's also been rejoined by the pretty Italian yes. scientist. Can't remember why. Uh, they also then like the SWAT team with them, but the SWAT team like eventually sometimes like you don't know where this is, and they go somewhere else. They find they find the brands. They're like, but where is the uh, the assassino? 
Uh, And of course, the assassin Uh, was just waiting behind a yeah, it was just wait. Oh, this is the annoying thing. We see that he's there. We see that he's there in the same place as them, and they're like wandering around looking at things. They find the brands. They like the so each of these people have had like earth, air, fire, and water branded on their chest. And then he notices, oh, there's another one. It's like an upside down. It's like a set of keys, the symbol of the Pope. And then once they figured that out, now our assassino comes out and points a gun at them. He had no reason to wait. There was no reason at all for him to wait to pull a gun on them, except for to allow the, the them to do the figuring out for the plot. I like I'm I'm not normally one of like pointing out real dumb oh, plot holes of yeah. when people, but like that's just viciously stupid and it really annoys well, it's, me. It's it's I think here's my thing. Uh, I do there's a good video out there on YouTube about like shut up plot holes, and I, I I think it's most I agree with it, right? I like. I, I, the kind of weird online criticism thing where she's just like, just pointing out plot holes is dumb. I do think, and I, I maintain, I think this is probably more of a fault of someone trying to adapt Dan Brown's work into yes. a film more so than like the fact that the screenwriter, um, any comments on that quality. But it's just like, it, regardless of our plot holes, I just think the film is kind of dumb. Like, it's really yeah. dumb. Like, oh yeah, it ca- is dumb. Characters, characters act illogically and that's weird. Like, I don't think that's a plot hole, but no, like, I they don't, do I, act I, I, I don't think like characters acting illogically is plot holes. And I, I agree with you there. I think a lot of plot yeah. holes people point out is just like people having character flaws. This guy yeah. has no reason. There's, <laughs> there's, li- there's literally no reason assassin. for him to, there's no reason for him to wait to pull his gun on them. And then, and then, yeah, this he's, is, drama. This, he's a, he's yeah. a drama loving He's a drama he's queen. A drama. Um, so this is when uh, he, um, as I say, says to him, oh, oh I'm not going to kill you because, um, because they haven't told me to. I'm killing the, the, who they're telling me to, which is apparently also all the random police officers I've killed. By the way, I've killed like nine people outside of the four people I've been but told also, to kill. But not you, Robert Langdon. Not you. It's also then like... Then he, someone says, like, I think, I think basically Victoria says something along the lines of, you're going to hell. And he's like, how can I go to hell? Like, I do what they tell me. How can I be going to hell when God clearly made me the assassin? Yes. And apparently this guy is an assassin for just, like, religious sex. That yes. He solely, he solely works for, like, cat, yeah. like, the papacy, he solely works for, like, like, Muslim, like, the Muslim leaders, I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, it is such a weird thing to throw in. Then, so he leaves them. He lets them live. Uh, he goes, he gets in a car, turns it on. It blows up. Assassin's oh. dead. <laughs> Who fucking gives a shit? Um, they uh, go through the tunnels and realize that they end up in a tunnel that apparently leads straight into uh, the Vatican temple, whatever, um, yeah. where they're knocking on a door that's apparently again, one way. Um, if, that exist, if that existed, A, I think the Vatican would know. But B, <laughs> yeah. what should you think? Oh, there's... Again, a famous Illuminati like prison, yeah, <laughs> which has a secret tunnel leading straight to the Vatican. Yeah, um, <laughs> maybe let's check this bit out first. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so they're knocking on the door. Um, the the lovely blonde uh, blonde boy we saw earlier is guarding where Ewan McGregor is having a chat with Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. They're they're in a chat in there. The other leader you reference of the Cardinals uh, uh, tries to come in. His, no, it's 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 his. This is this is why this film is too dumb and overly complicated. It's like his assistant, whatever. So it's, it's, a, it's, a member the of the Cardinals sure. tries to sure. come in to, and says he needs to see um, you and McGregor, and the 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 guy's like, no, you can't come yeah. in. Then they're knocking they, on the door. They let them in. They're like, the Carmelengo's in trouble because um, they've they've somehow figured out that it's that it's Stellan Skarsgård. I can't remember well, how. It's the, it's, no, I I think what they figure I think it's what they figure out is like they see the papal keys or something, and they're like, he's the last victim. I think I think that's why. Mm. 
Yes, they, they, they figure out that the Carmelengo is the last... Yes, they're going to take out the Carmelengo because he's the last one. Whatever. Um, sure. So they burst in the room uh, and uh, Ewan McGregor's on the ground. He's got the brand on his chest and Stellan Skarsgård got his gun in his hand and he's like, Illuminati! They immediately... Sh- yeah, they, they, he, no, no, no. Ewan, that look, Ewan McGregor, exactly. Ewan McGregor says, like, it's him, it's him. Yeah, it's uh, him. They, they, they shoot Stellan Skarsgård. The other guy comes in, the former Cardinal, and goes, you fucking bastard. Uh, Ewan McGregor yeah. goes, Illuminatus, Illuminatus! And Illuminatus. they shoot him as well. <laughs> we've also we've also missed and like I just want to mention this briefly because I think this scene is hilariously bad sometimes around the fire church and, and if you think that sounds a bit like I don't know Zelda then yeah it is kind of a bit like Zelda uh, but sometime around the start, the, the science church uh, Ewan McGregor went into the conclave trying to get them to leave and he's like we need to go but also then says like basically we need to elect a like a, a pope who is going to be uh, like a pope of action who fights against science because science is evil and includes my favourite bit of dialogue in the entire film where he's like who's really the idiot the one who doesn't understand what lightning is or the one who doesn't understand its awful power and he basically goes on the speech about how like um, science is still young and again clearly science is still young <laughs> the renaissance happened 500 years ago but sure and like the science is still young so they don't stop to ask like uh, like whether they should do things if they're messing around with the forces of God and Ewan McGregor is doing a worse accent than that I really want yeah. you to know Ewan McGregor can't do accents but anyway so like he, they get the, 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 the Cardinals kick him out yes anyway he's now on the uh, floor so yeah he's on the floor so and good. I can't remember how but they figure out uh, oh, the oh, oh the, the, keys. the keys the keys are upside, upside down. down and he's like what does that mean and he's like oh the Pope signed upside down the first Pope was hung upside down at somewhere St. Peter, uh, Peter was crucified upside down was crucified upside down at a specific place, and they're like, "Okay, no, let's no, go no. to that place." He's be- but he's buried at he's, Saint Peter is buried at the center of the Vatican. Oh, right? okay. So, so they go to the, the yeah. Vatican is built on his tomb. So uh, they're like, so they're like cool. Ah, that must be where that must be where it is. Now we can blast through basically. With by the way, we still it's have. Dumb, oh, I think we still have like thirty hour, minutes. No, like thirty minutes left, but. We can blast through this. They go, sure. they find it. They say there's less than five minutes left. And because there's less cold. than five minutes left, it because it's cold, it's cold. Uh, we don't have time to go it, and charge I, it. It's literally, I thought we had seven minutes, but it's cold. We have less than five minutes. We can't charge it. We're all going to die. Okay, we've, we've, like, we've got to, and then uh, Ewan McGregor's like, fuck you, yeet, uh, grabs it, runs the fuck out. Um, by the way, he's been planning for an evacuation, so he's been planning to get a... Sure. Helicopter, helicopter to get people out so he oh. fucking you runs said, oh you oh, thought tom hanks was running in this movie now it's fucking you and mcgregor's running you and mcgregor running you mcgregor like before we kind of like get to the doom the two things you need to know you mcgregor was adopted by the pope i don't know that can happen but sure this makes more sense in the book uh and the second thing was uh before he became a priest the pope was like why don't you serve people in another way first so he was like a helicopter pilot in the army Yes. So, what's about to happen there now? Um, yeah, he runs outside, gets in the helicopter, and he starts going up. And about about a minute later, Tom Hanks goes, oh my God. Because <laughs> he took a real fucking, for, for a very smart man that can make conclusions very fucking quickly, it took him a real fucking long time to realise he's going to sacrifice sure. himself. So he, he flies up into the air. In the book, Robert Langdon goes in the plane with him for no other reason other than he's like, this is going to be so cool. <laughs> Um, he's so, like, oh man, I gotta go on the plane. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so he uh, flies up into the high in the air uh, and it explodes. Uh, then suddenly we see a few seconds later. Oh well, firstly it explodes and it creates a huge like wave of of like sonic boom or whatever. Everyone like I actually quite liked this I, scene of like yeah, everyone it, getting blown back and shit. And I, 
I think it's yeah. meant to look like a Renaissance painting of the sky. Like almost, you can see God. It looks like you know, you know the kind yes, of, the, uh, the sky. The sky is, is like, like very like, and it's this big antimatter explosion. Sure. But then the wave hits everyone. There's still some damage there's being lights. done, but you know, it's nowhere near as bad. And there's sure. light. Uh, uh, oh, but what happened to you, McGregor? Did you know he had a fucking parachute? <laughs> he parachutes down. And my favourite shot in this entire film is they don't give him... They, yes, they don't give him, like, a graceful landing. He fucking, bang, collides into, like, nine people. <laughs> it's like nine people. It's fucking hilarious. you, you got to remember, this helicopter exploded, which means on Sebastian's on the seat. Peter Square right now. There's a lot of a helicopter shrapnel. Yeah, just just. Yeah, they, we ignore that bit. Um, but yeah, <laughs> sure. uh, he, he so, starts hitting the Vatican like a ragdoll. Um, he's the floor, he's heralded as a like, hero. Jesus. He goes to a hospital. He's heralded as a hero, and people start calling for maybe he should be the next pope. Um, then, <laughs> oh, uh, Keely, when when Stellan Skarsgård died, um, Tom Hanks took a key from him. They go back to uh, Stellan Skarsgård's office to get the journals. And then they notice that there's a hole for where that key is. And it's like, oh, opens it. And it's a security camera. And they're like, oh, maybe. Oh, there's there's a fucking point at some point where we figure out that um, the Pope was actually murdered, didn't die because he was uh, given an okay. injection. Um, he was given these injections. Yeah. There was security over the injections to make sure he was given the right amount. So there was a uh, video on uh, on this office the whole time. So they go back. He's, and, and Tom Hanks goes, Maybe it records. Yes, oh, no. of course what? it better, fucking records. Better, better than this. This is why. One, it's a Sony TV, which I love because <laughs> Tom Hanks is agent for Sony. Two, at the bottom of this TV, there is a play button. Right next to the play button, there's a fast forward and a rewind button. Yeah, like, so of course it bloody records. Yeah, it's yeah. literally the only five buttons there. For a very smart man, he is fucking dumb. Um, but yeah, so they go and they see the video of Stellan Skarsgård and uh, Ewan McGregor. Um, so uh, uh, and then it's the weird scene where like, yeah. basically Stellan Skarsgård's like, you killed the poop. You're, you're the terrorist. I, th- I figured it out by looking at the journals. Uh, journals. And Ewan McGregor is like, oh, I was going to do this by myself, but maybe it's good that you're here. And he fucking brands oh, himself. No. Sure. But he also, he's like, the reason I'm doing it is because, as it turns out, Victoria's dad in the books, her partner here, went to the Pope and was like, do you think us like using antimatter is okay? You know, Oh, because he's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's a religious man as well as a scientist. Sure. We create creation. And the Pope's like, yeah, because which I think is fair enough. Like, this could prove a god, right? Like, this, you know, if, if we can recreate the act of creation, it, pr- it proves the majesty of God, right? Like, it, it proves that something yeah. like this could have happened. Whereas, you don't know where yeah. antimatter matter came from. Whereas you like, and McGregor was like, fuck that, science is our enemy. We are going to attack science. We are at war with science. You know what? Boom, you know science. how everyone starts wars? By proxy and murdering someone to incite yeah. violence. Um, no, murdering the Pope. Murdering the Pope. The po- anyway. Um, so, yes. So, he, that, he's basically, basically, it's all been you and McGregor uh, this whole time. Um, and he, he brands himself. We then, we see that scene of like him going... Oh, it was him. He murdered me. And Illuminatus. Because clearly the Cardinal had figured it out as well. Um, and uh, I... Stan Skarsgård had told the Cardinal, I think. Yes. Weirdly, um, but he was going to, he told the Bishop to tell the Cardinals that like you McGregor was evil. It was the, yes. The, the um, and yeah. so it like, <laughs> it is a, it is at this point where you really, like I sort of thought the scene was a bit off to begin with. It's at this point where you think, yeah. wow, they shot Stellan Skarsgård so quick. Like his own men shot them 
so quick. Um, yeah. And they're like, oh shit, it's him. Uh, so they go around and they tell all the Cardinals. Ewan McGregor waltzes up thinking he's about to be the fucking new Pope. Let's go, lads. Ewan oh, McGregor oh. takes the Vatican. What? Um, <laughs> is he Ewan McGregor? Or is he, uh, who's the other guy? Oh, crap, I forgot his name. This bit has died. Oh, no. Who's the guy? Oh, no. He's the young Pope. Oh, my God. Who's, I have no called? fucking clue. Oh, no. Come on. He's not He's not John Malkovich. It's, it's no oh, clue, Oh, for God's mate. sake. What's he called? The young Pope? Okay. One second. This bit can't okay. die. Oh, oh, no. Come on. Who's the Keep young Pope? Judenor. He's Judenor. He's Judenor. He's not the young Pope. He's um, the young Pope. Uh, and so he goes up to the Cardinals. And this oh, scene God. is weird. They all just look at him. No one yeah. says anything. They all just look at him, and then he goes. You t- okay, I'm gone. I, yeah, I said he goes, and they realize he didn't actually say anything. Um, yeah, he just leaves. He's like, ah, sweet. Guess I'm found out. So he runs away. Um, he fucking sprints himself to the main fucking church. Again, more running. Now it's you, McGregor, running, and who's in tow? Young blonde boy that we love because he's angry that he uh, made him shoot his own uh, his own uh, boss. So he's in in tow trying to catch him. He's we're going to catch him. No, we're not. What's going to happen? He's going to pour oil over himself and burn himself alive. Um, so that's what happens. You, McGregor, burns himself yeah. the fuck alive. Um, the fourth. Pretori or whatever, um, uh, pre- Preferetti, uh, the one that survived. He's the one that becomes the next Pope. Uh, we get a little chat. Um, Tom Hanks gets given uh, Galileo's uh, book by one of the uh, lead cardinals. By the bad um, cardinal he thought might be a bad guy, but wasn't a bad yes, guy. Yes, but he's not. Um, and so uh, this uh, the guy goes, oh, I'm th- I thank God for sending you. And he's like, uh, I don't think God sent me. And then they went, yeah, he did. And then the Pope goes out and that's the end of the fucking film. Oh, Jesus, we did it, Al. Uh- <laughs> Ooh, and you know what, Jamie, we did it. Normally, we haven't historically uh, talked longer than the film. There is no physical way we could actually talk no. longer than this film, which no, is great. Jesus which Christ. is great. If um, we did, that'd be a three-hour podcast. So uh- before before we get into like actual criticisms of this film of like and, and whatever, and maybe some things we liked, um, uh, I went into this. I woke up this morning ready to be angry. I was so ready to be furious. And I was like, you know what? I have to watch. I really hated Da Vinci Code. And I'm going to fucking hate this. And it's going to be dumb and it's going to be bad. And I'm really angry that I'm going to have to spend two two hours, 20 minutes fucking watching this film this morning. But you know what? It's going to make for me being angry on the podcast. And being angry on the podcast makes for entertainment. That's fine. And then it wasn't terrible. It was fine. It was fine. It was... It was dumb. It was very dumb. Yeah, it's but in terms of the Da Vinci Code was bad. It was abhorrently yeah. bad and it made me angry. So sure. this film was fine. And that made I... me even more furious. I was so angry that it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. So I didn't get it. Like, it's definitely better than the previous one. It's 100% better no, I, than I, Da Vinci I Code. I, here's my thing, right? So, so long-time viewers of the show will know how I work out my ranking system. But basically, like, for me, five stars is the, the immortal... Uh, I used to review theatre uh, at university, and my, my first editor kind of said, look, five stars is you laugh, you cried, you learn something a little, right? And then kind of goes, four stars is really good. Like, overwhelmingly, you should watch this. Three stars is, yeah, it's pretty good. If you have an interest in it, you might like it. Two stars is, if you got a free ticket, you know, I'm not going to complain that much. And then one star for me, is I found something about this abhorrent. Um, like, one star is, like, I actually think there's something about this which makes it 
you know, repugnant to watch. It's not necessarily... Uh, two stars is like, for me, it's like a bad movie, the worst it can really normally be is two stars. Unless it's a something I kind of morally disagree with. You, so get, you it, gave The Da Vinci Code one star for reference. Sure. And like, looking back, that maybe it's a bit too harsh. I think the thing I found abhorrent about that was how boring and long it was. Oh, so um, boring, so long. And so, and this is, to be fair, it saves off 11 minutes and the, and the plot is more plotty, right? I, yes. Like, like it makes more, more sense. Like you've, you've got sort of one, one through line the whole way through. There's not a lot of this really dumb Dan Brownie, Oh look, I'm really intelligent because I've figured out the, the, the secrets the, of the conspiracies. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's it's cool. more self-contained in its sure. like there there is a a mystery going on within the world of this, and sure. the answers to the mysteries just happen to be real places sure. in Rome. The last one was like, no, there is a mystery going on in the real world, and all of these things really happen. So like you lose a lot of the really dumb shit. It makes sense, and it's like it's more of an actiony adventure film than the last one. And the music helps a lot. Like this is my one. Th- sure. Like the music is good. I enjoyed the music. I thought Hans Zimmer was criminally underused in the last one. The music is good in this one. It just points to still why this doesn't work because they're sure. just like we're not going to try and fix this the plots of these films being dumb we're just going to streamline them and do them while running and it, then it will make sense so so let's let's go into our let's go into our uh, ratings and then just kind of general discussion on the show yeah um of course uh for people who haven't listened before uh we have uh three rankings uh we rank it based on how good do we think the film is how do, good do we think tom hanks is in the film and then uh, the Tom Hanks dick meter, that's uh, how much of a dick we think Tom Hanks' character is, is in this film. And then we decide whether or not it goes into a Hanks bag. Um, so on that, on how good we think it is, I agree with you, right? Like like you said, uh, it, it's not like the last one, which like actually feels like a bit of a struggle to watch because it's just so dull. And then, and then on top of the dullness and on top of the bloody length and on top of like all that, it's also like... The real world conspiracies and all this kind of shit. And, and you know, like, a bunch of stuff that, like, I, I, I understand why a bunch of Catholics didn't like this. Like, yeah. For, for the yeah, way like, they feel it portrays Angels, them and, like Angels and Demons gets way less controversy. Like, yeah. uh, da, da Vinci Code was banned in fucking shitloads of countries. Yeah. Uh, the, the, well, and I Angels mean, and Demons is only banned in Samoa. Those are rookie sure, numbers. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but even then, right, like, I think Angels and Demons on that, like... Tries very hard to rectify its mistakes for like how it feels about the Catholic Church. Like I, well, not its mistakes, but like I think it, it tries very hard to be like it's, this it's is one bad ki- apple rather kinder. than all. Yeah, yeah, it's, and, it's and it's all the way through kinder. the film, all the way through the film, the the film basically says like, and like, char- like religious characters in the films, and I think the film is, pr- I think the film probably agrees with this that like it goes religion isn't inherently bad, it, but it's men that like misuse it and misrepresent it, and like it's men. The flaws in religion are man-made; they're not divine. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there is no God, or that that, that, that is, this is not the right path to take. Which is somewhat I, I like more, and it's sort of about that, right? Like you know, the old Pope, the one who died, of course, uh, being John Malkovich, the old Pope, not the <laughs> young Pope, of course, being uh, Jude Law. Jude Law. But um, you know, he 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 wanted to embrace science. He thought that you could use science to you know revolutionize the Catholic Church and to kind of learn more about creation and learning more about creation wasn't necessarily antithetical to religion and faith. You, you know, you could have understanding alongside belief. 
Um, and you know that that's kind of interesting. Blah blah. blah. Like it's it's also like a lot more gory than the first film. Um, yes. Which I, so I was just coming to listen. It's basically seven, but worse. It's um, yeah. like seven is a film I love, and like has a lot of like, hey, there's a serial killer out there, um, just going around. Like, mur- you know, murdering people in very specific ways to get a specific point, blah, 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 blah. And, like, you know, it's ba- it's, it's very similar to the plot of Seven. Um, there are, the things which I like about it are, like, are the dumbness. Like, I like yeah. the dumbness. The, the dumbness makes it, like, almost so good, it's, so bad it's good. Except that it's then two and a half hours long. Yeah, like, it's just... And like- then too boring to be that. Like, it's also, like, the whole sequence where they're trying to find the Preferiti, which is just, is... is like you said, it's so much like problem answer, problem answer, problem answer, problem answer, problem answer. There's no tension. It's just no, he, no, not he at runs, all. Like, he, like he runs between four murders. That's if, it. If if the last one was like, oh, we're going to show you how intelligent he is by building up these big things, and they take a really long yeah. time, and they suddenly figure it out. Like, like there are there are nine mysteries solved a minute yeah. in this fucking film. So yeah, it, like, exactly. But I like I, I think that's a better presentation <laughs> than the previous one because. Sure. It it's not presenting like like what I, a big thing issue I had with the previous one, which was like you couldn't possibly figure out these big mysteries that 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 they're presenting, and in this yeah. one they don't present it in a way like you should even be bothered. It's just oh look, here's a few conclusions, and then they're off running again, and a few conclusions, yeah. and then they're off running again, and the it's... big mystery is the reveal of you and McGregor, and I feel like I didn't figure it out, but I feel like you realistically could have predicted that, and that's something yeah. that you could have seen coming, and that's a nice miss. It, like it's a decent twist, and it's something that like realistically an audience it well, it feels like it's pre 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 uh, pre uh, uh, predicted or like or pre. Sure predestined in, in the movie sure i there's, there's some things about you mcgregor's character which i much prefer in the book so i did read the book i really like i think ancient demons the the book is way more enjoyable than than da vinci code uh, i think it's just fun actually i've spoken to a mutual friend bennett this weekend and like he was saying like the books are fun right like um and i agree like i specifically agree for the da vinci code not the da vinci code for um ancient demons that i think it's a really fun book i think it's Dumb, I think, probably because it's, like, because it's a book, it takes you longer. And because that, you get to spend a bit more time with the characters, and that's kind of nice. The film doesn't do that. The film, you don't want to be with the characters at all because the characters aren't really characters. They're just, they are machines, of they're plot machines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, um, like, yeah, there's no characterization at all. I, I, but in the book, uh, God, it's such a weird thing. Um, the, the, uh, Hugh McGregor's character, one is Italian, but two, is uh, actually the son of the Pope. Like, he's he's biologically the Pope's son, I think. So I think it's basically, like, while the Pope was a priest, he and a nun had an affair, and the nun got pregnant, and the nun was like, well, I gotta bounce. Then eventually (laughs) the nun dies, so he then adopts his own son (laughs) while a priest, because he never... Because obviously he's a priest, so he got away with it. Scumbags. Um, uh, And then this guy never knew that he actually ends up killing his own father. And, like, stuff like that is kind of fun, right? Like, it, you know, that's cool stuff in the background. I almost think, especially for Angels and Demons, it'd be better as a TV show than it would as a film. Because if you did the whole, like, 24 thing, where, like, every episode was an hour or something, yeah, then, like, I, I think that could be funner, and then you could, like, especially with the whole sequence of the Preferiti, I just think you could take a bit more time building some individual tension to each of the murders, rather than it just being murder, 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 burning man alive. Yeah. Question, answer, question, answer, run, run, die. run. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I agree with that. So, what are you giving it? I'm going to give it a two. 
Yeah, I've already written it in the spreadsheet. I knew that was coming. Uh, I'm going to give it a 2.5. I gave the last one a 2. As I say, I think this is yeah. fine. I think it is dumb, sure. but it's fine. Like, no. uh, like it's you, you when you recognize that it's just really paper thin and exposition, yeah. that can wear on you and it's way too long, sure. but whatever. Now, Tom Hanks' performance, yeah. however. Oh, before I, we get there, we have yeah. a friend's thought. Oh. Oh, okay. A friend's thoughts. Friend's thoughts. Friend's thoughts. Uh, so one second. I just need to. Yes, you've you've told me this is an audio. Our first. Oh no, not not our first. I think this is our second ever audio friend's thoughts. Yes, uh, I, must... uh, I believe Ben wrote in about Sleepers in Seattle. Yes, Ben wrote about uh, Sleepers in Seattle. Um, I'm going to have to um... note down the time uh, that this starts uh, so that I can insert it in the edit room. Sure. I'm going to uh, go three, two, right. one. Okay. Fantastic. Three, two. One. So, angels and demons. Oh boy. <laughs> Dan Brown did it again. So, I plan no. to submit a friend's thoughts for The Da Vinci Code and how it's one of the most powerful movies of the mid 2000s oh due to public reaction to Catholic conspiracy. But unfortunately, work got in the way. I mean, who knew healthcare workers were so busy these days? Anyway, now it's the time to redeem myself. Dan Brown. You conspiracy Jesus. You made the masses <laughs> stupid again. In sixth form at Fetty's College, I went on a trip to CERN with a group of other students and physics professors. I sat down at the room where they did the introduction to the tour, and without any hesitation, the tour guide asks, how many of you have heard that CERN makes antimatter bombs? <laughs> a good majority of people raised their hands. The first slide of his presentation was a splash screen of the poster for Angels and Demons. And a sigh of absolute defeat came out of that man. <laughs> Thanks, Dan Brown, for making this highly complex scientific research facility have to dedicate resources explaining to people that they do not create any matter, bombs, or work for the Illuminati. <laughs> Still, I think this movie is fun and I watch it every so often. Fight me. Oh my, wow. <laughs> so um, that was from friend of the show, Patricia. Yes, uh, who has famously uh, criticised me uh, many times in the past for mm. being a fake gamer girl, for not knowing my Pokemon, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. You know oh. what, Patricia? All that goodwill you've bought has just fucking crashed out the window. I don't give a shit that you're a medical worker right now. <laughs> that is not... You You are unredeemed <laughs> by that trash so, bag take that you no. watch this film's multiple times <laughs> i have been told by patricia to uh, i've got a little note for you okay. uh, also please do remind jamie that uh so not even jamie no yeah jamie uh that his opinion is invalid because he is a heathen thanks <laughs> uh, well uh that that put me in my place um right moving on to thank you very much patricia if you ever want to send in uh, an audio friend's thoughts uh please do and make my life uh much more difficult in editing this podcast um uh tom hanks's performance um in the i gave him a three in the last one and i think i don't think his performance is demonstrably worse in this film i think he just suffers from the fact that i've noticed having now watched two of these films i've sure. noticed that there's just no characterization at all. Mm. And it's difficult to say whether this is the fault of Tom Hanks or the fault of the script. I think it ends up being a combination of both. The script is written that it's just, as we've said, all exposition, 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 and no characterization. But it, as we've seen from like Tom Hanks getting really angry about doing the, the Sony press conference, 
I don't think Tom Hanks's heart is in this performance. And it shows. It's it's like way more than anything I've seen of him. I would say this is phoned in. And I I I I, I don't like using that for a man that I, I deeply love and I deeply care about, but this is not a good performance. It is it is delivering the words so that the words can be said out loud. Uh, so what did you give it? I think I've got to give it a 1.5. Um, it's, it's, it's not good. And and I, I recognise that that is almost an overcorrection from having given it a three last time three, because, yeah. because I've realised that both of these performances are, are poor. Sure. So I, I, I agree. What did I give him last time? Uh, you also gave him a three last time. Sure. So... Look, I, I agree to some extent. Like, he doesn't do any more of this. Um, I, I, I really don't. And I, I, I want, as always, we, we on the show, like, we make fun, we joke, blah, blah, blah. But we respect the art of filmmaking, right? Yeah. It's tough. It's a business. You know, acting is hard. And also, more importantly, I have, you know, no one ever goes to a camera operator, oh, you're selling out for a paycheck. Um, yeah. So, like... You know, the fact that Tom Hanks is probably taking a fairly yeah, large yeah, paycheck. I, yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm not disrespecting you. Make no, no, no. your money, my guy. Secure that sure. bag. But but I also think he wouldn't look... I don't think he would look back on this film and be like, that's my greatest performance. I, no. And I do think he is someone who thinks about the craft of acting and he thinks about acting. And, um, uh, but at the same time, so I would give it a two, but at the same time, and we forgot to mention this, of course, but is, uh, the haircut on this film is much better. Oh, way better. I was going to discuss that in the dick meter. Uh, I believe I gave him a three on the dick meter last time purely because of his haircut. Um, uh, he both has a much, much better haircut this uh, this time around. He has lost the mullet. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes he goes swimming. I, I imagine that's why he lost the haircut. That's not a streamlined uh, swimmer, <laughs> swimmer's haircut. Um, but also, I think he is just like, if there is a level, a slight level of like pompy arrogance in in the first one, especially when it comes to like his his dislike of religion, he seems yeah. to have softened softened as the the creators seem yeah. to have as well. I, uh, I'd give him a one point five in this one. So what did I give him last time of the dick meter? Uh, you gave him a three. Uh, I don't know. He lets a lot of people die. Like, he lets a lot of people die, okay? Yep. I'm not saying a good guy with a gun can stop a bad guy with a gun, but maybe Tom Hanks needs to get a gun in these films because, oh my God. Yeah, dude, mate, he comes across film. a lot of people with guns and never t- no, decides to arm it, himself himself. No, the only time he decides to arm himself is in an archive, which is incredibly dangerous for all the historical <laughs> documents. And as a symbologist, which is just a jumped up historian, he should have rather died than potentially damage all those documents. I'm yeah. sorry, but that's the way it is. Um... Yeah, look, it's, it's, uh, you know what? Yeah, for this damage he does to all these historical documents, I, I gotta put him to four. Um, wow, more of a dick than last time. Wow. Uh, right, coming to our last question, I think this is gonna be an easy one. Is this going in your Hanks bank? No. No, of course it's not. Uh, so, when we don't put something in our Hanks bank, we must decide what's going to save humanity this week. We didn't. We discussed it briefly. The aliens are going to blow us up if we don't prove our worth to them. So, when we're not presenting them a Tom Hanks movie, we've got to present them something else. Alexander, what are you going to present to the aliens this week to save humanity? Uh, so, I've been on a kind of kick of trying to listen to the entire discography of an artist. Um, mm-hmm. It's fun to kind of like, you know, fill in the gaps and obviously, you know, the singles, but you know all the albums. Uh, and I've been the kind of first person I've been doing that with has been Donald Glover uh, or Charles oh. Gambino as he may be better known and so uh, I'm going to put uh, Camp in the oh. uh, Hanks Bank I like Camp it's really good 
uh, hadn't heard it before. You get to that final track, and then you're like, ooh, 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 all the feels, all the feels by the end yeah. of the album. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a good album. So I think aliens will enjoy it, and they'll be like, maybe we never cut off the bus. <laughs> uh, I believe it's also that song uh, that I get to feel pompous about because uh, he references uh, a uh, uh, Francois Truffaut movie uh, from from the 1960s uh, that I studied when I studied French. So I get to feel wanky that I understand the reference. <laughs> um, right. Um, in our time under tradition of you putting in something uh, nice and me putting in something silly, I'm putting that fucking fried chicken that I had earlier. In, <laughs> in, uh, I'm presenting that to the aliens Jamie, because you know give, what? Give a shout out to that fried chicken shop okay you're an uh, influencer i, I believe thing. it's called mcneil's uh it is yeah. around the corner from peckham rye um i i don't think i should name them because what i'm about to say is actually not that nice um look alexander we can both admit that that that, that fried chicken i ate earlier was not that nice it was it was not it was not it like it it and most of the fried chicken like as someone who has been to these establishments many 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 times and probably been poisoned by them like (laughs) at least twice um these are not the highest quality foods in the world but in the times we are living in it made me feel normal very briefly it was it was a it was a comfort food in the uh, in the most pure sense of the word so i'm going to go and i'm going to get what we call the objectively too much chicken deal uh, and me and all these aliens are going to chow down while we listen to some childish cambino and if that isn't the greatest thing you can do in quarantine i don't know what is uh, so with that of course uh, we come to the end where you can follow us on all of our social medias. I, Hanks Bank Pod on Twitter, Hanks underscore Bank on uh, Instagram, Hanks Bank on Facebook. Alexander, what else can they do? All right, guys, quarantine, you know, obviously best thing to do is uh, now that the, the, the restrictions are being lifted, you're going to break into people's homes and you're going to just download every episode of the podcast. I, I didn't realise that was under Boris Johnson's new regulations, oh, is that yeah. you could break into people's homes. Well, as surprisingly, under the new regulations, uh, all property is theft, so it's okay to just go into people's homes as long as you're wearing a mask and as long as you're wearing gloves. Okay, guys, let's be sensible about it. Don't spread the disease, all right? Be alert, stay alert, be alert, eat cake. Um... <laughs> No, you're going to download every single episode possible and just go on a spree, all right? Just go on a spree throughout whatever city you're on. Uh, not stealing phones, just downloading our podcast into everyone's one. We can see, uh, we, get, we get live numbers of uh, the downloads and we can uh, really tell when uh, someone has broken into a series of homes <laughs> downloaded every episode. And yeah. we appreciate that. Yeah, guys. it makes us uh, happy every single time. Yeah. Remember, crime doesn't pay, uh, but podcast downloads do. So uh, if you could uh, help us out there, that'd be much appreciated. Uh, Yours sincerely, Al Gillespie. (laughs) From me, Jamie, and my co-host, Al, that's one more ep in the bank. Pew, 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 poop, 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 pew, pew, pew. Why, why? Hands back.